Sneaker, sneaker business, business talk. talk. The podcast you cheer for. Sneaker, sneaker business, business talk. talk. It's the Soul Material Podcast. And welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Soul Material Podcast, the podcast you cheer for. I'm your man, the OGEO. All right, it's T Mark the Street Shark. And today we have a very special episode as we celebrate the retirement of the 19-year veteran, future NBA Hall of Famer, Mr. Carmelo Anthony. And T. Marcus Street Shark and myself have followed this young man since the very beginning. I'm talking about grassroots. This means so much to me because he's one of my all-time ballers, high school. He kept elevating, elevating, elevating his game. So we're not necessarily going to do a timeline, but since we have the total history of Melo since the very beginning, I'm at T. Mark the Street Shark, who's a hooper himself, to just peel back a little bit of layers to go back to the beginning, and we'll go from there. But we'll talk about the kicks, the moments, everything. Carmelo Anthony, salute to one of the greatest scorers and hoopers of all time. All right. Carmelo Anthony, that's what we're doing. You guess definitely had to pay uh, homage um, just because, one, he's done so much because, you know, just being uh, – having roots in Baltimore, you know, it's closer to DMV, just our cousins up the road. Um, so just being able to see him and develop from a youngster and then get to where he's at and then always giving back to the community um, and doing so many different uh, – um, you know, philanthropic things, uh, just for Baltimore as well. Uh, um, you know, just yeah. So just wanted to start, uh, kind of actually with a six degrees of separation uh, uh, on how, like, you know, I actually was semi introduced to uh, um to just like who this kid was. You know, you know what I mean? So long before, you know, I'm talking like Oak Hill days. Um, uh, you know what I mean? Because. That was, you know, even before the LeBron hype and when they got matched up uh, uh, together, like I had heard about Carmelo Anthony before I had heard about uh, LeBron James. Uh, it probably took me at least a, another year, uh, uh, you know, in between to catch on to uh, LeBron. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, um, but with uh, um, with Carmelo, um, when I was coming up, I I played against Billy Elan. Uh, um, and Billy Elan was the point guard at Dematha, yes, sir. Um, and that was my matchup, um, uh, my senior year. So, like, so he followed, um, Keith Bogans and Joe Forte, like, that was the year before me. So, just think about everything. If I ever we ever told basketball stories or whatever, that was the class ahead of me, mm-hmm. uh, um, for Dematha, and then it was Billy Elan. I think the, the other star on that team was uh, Travis Garrison that mm-hmm. went to, um, uh, University of Maryland. So that was a that was a team that that I had to uh, uh, match up against, and um, you know, held held my own. We had it, it was like you know, Morgan Wooten was still coaching at that time, so I was the first class for Joe Wooten at at uh, Bishop O'Connell. So it was like father versus son. So it was, it was so much media, local media hype, and everything. So every time that we played because we had a home and away. We, we, and, and we played exhibition games too and everything like that. So uh, it was definitely some extra, um, you know, attention on, on all that. So needless to say, Bill, uh, Billy goes on to be the point guard Carmelo's freshman year. That was the national, he was the point guard for uh, the Syracuse national championship team. So I just, um, you know, following Billy, cause he ended up, 
going to um you know um oak hill as well for for a short step so that's why just following what everybody else was doing and then seeing what team he was on and then i was like oh hold on you at what's this other cat number 22 uh, um, um you know what i'm saying because you know that's you know had my name and everything like that like anthony i was like who is that um and then uh found out that he had went to townsend the uh, catholic or whatever and then transferred down i was like oh okay um Let's see what's up with this dude. And then I just keep hearing uh, uh, from there. And then it's like going. Uh, so, you know, so my freshman year, I'm watching them over at Syracuse. Uh, uh, and I'm sitting there like, uh, I'm talking college now. And I was like, wow. And then they just boom, 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 <laughs> go all the way. Uh, uh, and I was just sitting there like, wow, you know, like, because to be honest with you, it was competition and everything like that. Like with with Billy, he was he was just he was so solid. You know what I mean? Like I remember playing against other dudes that was like Cliff Hawkins or somebody like that. Like that, he was way harder to play against. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, um, you know what I'm saying? When it was around that time, but just you know, with the the legend of Melo started there, and then you know, starting to do more. Um, you know, some of the street ball uh, as well when that uh, lingers around. You know, with the Berry Farms, and then everything that's going on up in uh up in uh towns and up in maryland and everything like that and Bowie, um and some of the summer leagues that they have going on up there so just connecting the dots all the way um so i just love how mellow you know stayed in, you know true to the course and i was always a syracuse fan as well that was always one of my teams i i, I like jim behind um so just the way that you know, that team, it was like one of those teams you just followed a little bit throughout the season um but but you didn't have the you know Final four expectations, let alone mm-hmm. uh, the championship. But then it was just like, yeah, he just needs to go. And then he signed with Jordan Brand, and you know, then I was like, oh yeah, that's the the brand of champions. Um, you know, and he just stayed true. Um, so put a stamp on that, Shark, because let's dig real quick as far as the significance of him signing to Jordan Brand directly out of Syracuse in college. Was he the first? Because Jordan Brand at that time was more about the veterans who were established. I think about Vin Baker and the Vindicates and Eddie Jones and I think about Derek Anderson. And it was almost like they proved themselves in the league. Wasn't Melo the first to come strictly out of college or high school to be an amateur to get a Jordan Brand deal? No, I think it was like, you know, um, wouldn't that be like Darius Miles or somebody like that, uh, um, you know, with uh, Quentin Richardson and what they before Melo, mm-hmm. um, um, yeah. but he's oh, so signature. She, he had basically signature out of the gate. No, but Melo didn't have signature out of the gate. He was the face of the uh, like the point five, uh, um, you know, because gotcha. it was actually the um, oh, what was it the seventeen that MJ just played in mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. he retired, and then it was like Melo, so it was like seventeen point five, uh, um, and 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 then uh, um, and then he adopted the. The, his his first signature was the 1.5 and then the 5.5 you know where they mass some stuff up um and then went on to like real from scratch silhouettes uh uh for him so they like transitioned him uh um uh, when when they started um you know what i mean but like i think it was the championship it was the pedigree it was the freshman winning the championship you know type mentality for mj to bring um Mello under his wing um and um i think that that's what was it was like you, you won the championship uh, you know what i mean so like mj he got to respect you to, to you know uh, something like that you know for him to really uh lock in on a youngster um but you know 
And then it goes into the what if of the draft of like, you know, who's the, you know, he was the third pick. Um, uh, you know what I mean? So those Detroit Pistons, you know, they could have. Shame won, on Joe Dumas. They could have won another, uh, what they weren't thinking about what they, you know, Darko Militic or whatever his name is. Um, you know, like what Carmelo Anthony, you know, but I guess just coming off of the Rasheed Wallace and uh, Ben Wallace and, you know, like where was the young guy gonna fit in? Uh, I, I think that at that time the story is that they were thinking more long term with like Tayshawn Prince. Like how is he gonna take his spot? Um, but you know what I mean? It was just like, wait, what? <laughs> what and now with that shark, what before, game was you watching? <laughs> now with that shark, before the youngins who may be listed and unaware think we were at the peak of the potential of the foreign player. So I remember it may have been Harrison Barnes that said if my last name was something he said that was foreign, I probably would have been a top five pick, but he ended up being later, I think possibly a second round pick, because that was the joke that if you were foreign, um, even with our wizards, with, you know, Vesley and a few of our picks that were kind of questionable. So that was the era of foreign potential. They go into the lottery and Mello got bumped. Literally yeah, got it bumped. was the, I, it's really the era of when everyone really just tried to copy the Spurs and just couldn't do it. Um, uh, you know what I mean? Like, well then, you know, and then it was just like, ooh, and you know, you got um, Dirk Nowinski, and then there's like, uh, uh, you know what I mean? So everyone's like reaching now for the next hot thing, uh, um, and um, they just couldn't do it. There's no Tony Kukoc's and and Drazen Petrovic. Like, you, there's like, you, you would know. Um, uh, you know what I mean? Like, so they're trying to like reach and get the youngster um, and, 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 roll the dice and see if they can if somebody can come up on that. So that's why like, you know, Darko Militic was young and, you know, but it was like one of those that were you like dominating in your league or whatever, you know, question mark, you know, over the national champion, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, where's, isn't it like the Christian Leitner rule, you know what I mean? That like, how come you don't get no love? Uh, it's not like Christian Leitner, he, you know, was top five pick anyway, but just, just saying, um, you know, they put them on a dream team, like just to fill the national college player, ro- you know, roster spot where they could have had Chris Weber for, <laughs> and that would have been way better uh, for that squad. Um, but at the end of the day, um, yeah, like what do we, you know, what can you do? What can you do? Um, but yeah, with like with 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 Melo, like that's why you know the whole Jordan brand it fit it fit the the theme it fit you know, his entry point, um, and then, like, him going to Denver, and it was just like, all right, now Denver, you know, you get to have your own superstar. Um, and he took him to the playoffs um, the, the first year. But, like, if you look at his numbers, his numbers was, like, almost the exact same as LeBron when LeBron won the rookie of the year. Like, I actually thought that they was going – that was going to be, like, the only other time that you could do the Grant Hill, Jason Kidd, co-rookie of the year – um, you know, what I mean, it was just like, but LeBron didn't take his team to the playoffs. Um, you know, and 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 Melo did. I thought the winning get you, but again, that was that was more the end of the era when they punished the youngsters, where they didn't really like, you know, all that hype that that LeBron came in with, and it was the same class. Like, and then so Melo was like, imagine Melo got to come in by himself though, <laughs> without everybody else too. Um, but you know. And it was Kobe that once said that it was a much older league, too. So when you talk about the youngins and them kind of getting the hand slapped, no matter how good they were, how talented they were, the league was different, too, the way it was an older league, definitely. 
Yeah, they didn't know they didn't embrace you like the way that they embrace you now. Um, you know, or yeah, matter of fact, it was still that some of that rite of passage, like you can't have all this attention and you ain't never played a game and this, this, and this. I don't care. You can't be a lost all your rookie year. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like the fact that Jamal McGlure was the spot over LeBron is like the craziest <laughs> thing like in history uh, 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 that that you look at, but it was just that was the time you you know you really actually didn't even argue it that bad uh, uh, um, back then. But it was just like when you think about it, it was like really, uh, um, but um, yeah, you know. So Melo, you know, he just had some great moments, and he once he got a good team, and then he was like, and then he got AI on his squad too. You know what I mean, like. They went, and that was like the peak of uh, Denver, you know, when they got J.R. Smith to come on up from New Orleans, had the Birdman, you know, Martin. flying around, Kenya, Martin, Enforcer, like, you know, and then like, you know, little Andre Miller and all those other little pieces that they had with George Carl up there, like, they really had a squad, you know what I'm saying? I actually knew someone that had worked for their team um, as well when I early in my career, too. Um, and I was always trying to uh, stay connected. He was always just talking about how crazy it was, uh, you know, the atmosphere um, uh, up there and the, the fans support him. So, but, you know, and then the whole New York uh, uh, era, uh, you know what I mean? Like Mello in the garden, like that's even more crazy. Um, and like, you know, then it was just the Knicks being the Knicks. So that was that was his homecoming uh, tour. You, you know what I'm saying? From the other side of his lineage of, of his upbringing uh, um, from New York. So, like, that was just like, and then you're in the garden. Um, You know, that's what I, I, I kind of felt like that was uh, that patch of, uh, you know, um, Jordan Mellows during the Knicks time. Mm-hmm. Those were... Those, I think that those were some of the best functioning ones. May not have been the best, you know, silhouettes all the way around, but like performance wise, I feel like the some of those, some of those were some of the best performance. Cause he had like the zoom and the double zoom pause in the in the forefoot. And then they was doing the he was, you know, they was putting the flight plates like from the Jordan signatures. Like his was like one of the first ones to to get the the new flight plates and you know, those those the whatever the Jordan version of the the zooms are mm-hmm. um uh as well so like you know the responsiveness uh over the mellows i always loved um playing in uh you know um a lot of mellows uh to be honest with you but man we're talking about a 10-time all-star i mean a 10-time all nba or 10-time all-star six-time all nba i'm sorry and i wanted to peel back some layers now because we are the podcast you cheer for. We're going to talk about some of that sneaker business, talking some of my favorite models. And um, first thing that comes to mind, um, me being just a purist of Jordan original silhouettes, that birthday mellow three that looked like it was like the first cousin of the Jordan two that came out on his birthday on, uh, I think it was 2007, uh, May 29th. And that was during the time where you had the laser on the shoe too. So they had the laser on the side and that shoe was just dope to me. So if there was a quote unquote, dare if I say a, a, a two point what or whatever, that was definitely it. So that was the first mellow model. I remember that really caught my attention that I had to have, although I still had the original twos as well, retros. That was one of the shoes that I remember saying, yo, these are dope. So I thought the 0.5s were cool. 
Um, I really like the 1.5s, but my first purchase um, as far as the mellow wine was that M3, the birthday joints. And then um, I love the mellow floors. And I remember they had the black and eggplant ones um, and then the black and gold ones, which, of course, remnants they had, of me. They had the foam, had the foam on the hill. There you And now I'm about to say that me and my flight posit. So I'm just like, I had to have those. So um, and again, wide foot, those were a wide shoe. So I remember those. Um, but as far as my favorite uh, Carmelo inspired, if you will, Jordan model, definitely that Nick's one um, colorway. Um, I remember it was the first Saturday of 2013. So it was like my um, New Year's gift to myself going right into the store. And they were sitting right there. And I was the only person there that morning to grab them. So this is before the one type and the one's crazy. But I was saying the color placement of this one is absolutely outstanding. I'm having, I think, the apple inside of the insole. And, mm. and like you said about as far as Mello walking him to, you know, New York and him all of a sudden being a Nick and having that shoe and those with the orange laces, man, it, it just, it was just phenomenal overall as far as just having that one in my hand and saying, man, you know, back home, he balling, he healthy. And that was a, a peak time for me as far as uh, my celebration of Carmelo and the kicks. And another shoe that comes to mind, because I'm a fool for red, were the uh, 1.5s, I think the hoodie mellows that were all red and, you know, us and our gum you know, soul. So I remember the gum being at the front of that. And also um the all red um all-star mellow sevens as well. I always love those. Those are some of the kicks that come to mind from his line and from Jordan brand. Um that I off the top of my head when I think of mellow in that order, I'm like, these are the kicks that I'm like, I had to have. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, just to touch on one of them, you know, you said the four, the uh, the M4s just because they had that foam posit on there um, that, you know, with the gold and then the purple, that was the whole DMV uh, homage, uh, um, you know, so I still have the eggplants um, and then it has like a little you know, Baltimore map on there and everything like that when it's because it's with the iridescent uh, code on there. But I'm just shouting that shoe out, too, because it had one of the greatest accessories like all time, in my opinion, was the 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 sock ankle brace compression mm -hmm. um, that came with the shoe, um, um, you know, and it was and then the jump man was it changed colors per shoe. Um, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like I took those socks and like i played in those in so many different uh, uh shoes it wasn't even funny like just so i didn't have like the lace-up mcdavid uh braces uh ankle braces because you know you don't play in those it'll make your ankles weak but like the you know just the compression sleeve that was on there um it was hard to get in there at first but once you uh broke in um like that was like yeah that was that was one of my top five accessories just coming with a with a shoe i wanted to definitely sure. uh, make that Let's not fail to mention the retail prices of Mellow Wine was not outrageous either. For it was like one twenty or something mm -hmm. like that, you know, mm -hmm. and that and like at the most, uh, um, um, you know, one twenty five, one thirty five. But yeah, I love the ones, the one point fives and the five point five. The first ones that was around my era of uh, working in the NBA and then getting straight into retail right after that. So that was like, um, I might have gotten the ones. 1.5s when I was in New Orleans. Um, um, I had to go back and check the receipt. Um, but you know, but I still at the tail end, there were still some promotions when I crossed over in the retail at the end of that, where I, you know, getting the extra little posters and random stuff that comes with the uh with the shoes that didn't come at the at the retail level. And um, I just remember like some of this stuff, like 
that the first shoe it wasn't the most comfortable. It was bulky. It was kind of heavy, you know. And then it had like the sweatband on the tongue. And I was like, you know, that's you know the first. That sounded like a young kid. He's like, yeah, put a sweatband on the tongue because I wear a headband. Like it served no punk of purpose. <laughs> I remember that making the shoes look dirty. Er, you know what I'm saying? Or other people, especially when you played in them out outdoors and everything like that. Um, um, but the five point five, that was just a the five was such a smooth a silhouette, uh, uh, you know. And then it was like it was between the five and the six. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? So. That's what made it like, ooh, these elements that came together. Um, and there was like every color was was a, just a uh, you know, it none of them failed. None of those colors, colorways failed for the five point five. Um, and then that was again a time where um from the hometown with uh, Baltimore and then Baltimore based retailer that I was working for, um, you know, we did some extra promotions that were regional. Um, so you know, there are things, you know, just travel over to our so social media uh page on IG and order YouTube channel and you look back into some uh footage you know that I shared on there um that I keep on there because um not everyone got to see those things outside of the, these regions where we had the actual again the way that promos worked again back in the day there was no social media to share stuff like this. Mm -hmm. So it was a mixtape. This was a real mixtape, you know, through uh, the record labels and has real artists, you know, um, you know, on there. And, um, you know, um, and it has, I think it has like 15 tracks on there, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, but then you could have the whole fold out that's just show you more about the the shoe and everything like that in different angles. And then I have a, a storybook uh, um, from beginning to end that just goes through just the, you know, the, the storyline of the shoe. Um, that was the beginning of the Be More uh, um, campaign that Jordan was doing for the first mm -hmm. uh, couple rounds with, uh, uh, with Mello. Because, again, he was trying to make sure he stayed true to his roots. So, you know, he had some appearances with Jim Behan and Bernard King popped up in there too. You, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, you, you know, Jordan, when he does it, it's like those championship storylines, it's the people behind the man. Um, and, um, you know, uh, Jordan brand, they gave him his, his logo, you know, and then he gets it like tattooed on his hand or whatever like that. Um, you know, just, um, you know, it wasn't like AI rapping, but you know, it looked like mellow, uh, um, you know, he donned the cover of the mixtape, you know what I mean? Like he was the artist, uh, um, you know what I mean? But I always thought that that was, that was funny the way that was because he had his logo iced out and everything like that. So, um, and that was the beginning of Mellow just being uh, branded out there and with hip hop and, and everything like that. You know, later on, he meets his future wife and mother of his child uh, uh, through dj clue through more hip-hop stuff uh, uh you, know, you know what i mean to connect with lala so just like things like that it's just um that was rapping hip-hop uh and uh basketball you know what i'm saying i think him and ai might have been probably you can't just blame it all on 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 ai that might have been the he might have had something to do with the curve of the the dress code rule as well Definitely, uh, no question. that was the super big 5X, 6X, uh, Michigan. Could get any S. bigger. Could get big enough. <laughs> uh, like everyone's suits, look at that draft and then look at the, some of the award shows for like the first two or three years after that. Like all the big suits that everybody was wearing. Definitely. Let, let alone, you know, um, everything else just was just cut big. So just really, um, you know, Mellow, he's just, uh, again, 
um, one of a kind, you know, and, you know, we could just talk all day. Cause then there's a whole nother, all these versions. You had mentioned hoodie mellow, you know what I'm saying? What about, let's, before we go, we got to Olympic mellow. Got to talk all of, of Olympic mellow. Olympic, Olympic mellow is, is like infamous. That's, that's, that might be his greatest, you know, even though he didn't win the NBA championship, but like how many Olympics that he went to and, and, and the way that he was just bully balling everyone, like he, the top talent on the team. And it was like, no, Melo is the best. His game was just so suited to just bully everybody. Uh, you know, yeah. Touch on the Olympic Melo real quick. Though. Man, you took the words right out of my mouth because to me, that was the transition of someone who was great that was becoming a hall of famer. And thank you again to Netflix for their redeem team um, and how they just did that entire thing because we were there, we lived it, but to tell the story the way they told it from how we actually failed and so forth. Um, I know it was more Kobe focused because of the tragedy of him and RIP to Kobe, but you had to live to see that. Um, and to be honest with you, and I'm going there right now, the transition of Kobe becoming this villain, not being liked, to the transition of him being a sweetheart again, being liked and so forth. People don't understand. It was the mellow cosign. Once he got on that dream team and him and LeBron became alpha one and alpha two, but it was mellow that kind of co-signed Kobe to the street saying, yeah, this dude is cool and watch what we're going to do. When we got that gold medal, Kobe goes back to the status to where he was, to where things flipped for him. And I think mellow honestly, very quietly just goes into the stratosphere of the significance. And like you mentioned before, with dress and so forth, it's cultural significance, not only to the game, but to the game itself. And um, him and Kobe were literally like this, man, as far as them being tight. And I think that no one kind of really respects how much Carmelo was a part of the transition of Kobe getting his PR back in shape, if you will, with all that was happening um, with him. But three-time medalist, two-time gold medalist, and you have to watch those games, see how intense those games were against a couple of teams in particular, whether it was Spain, whether it was so forth. When Melo locked in, he locked in. You're talking about a game face and his post game. I remember it may have been Amar Stoudemire, Shark, that said that Melo, man, you, he like an ox out there. And I'm like, but that's a power forward. That is Stoudemire at his peak talking about how Carmelo Anthony is an ox. And I was like, yeah, I mean, because Melo, he was inside out, had the mid green, was just crazy. And then the shorter three point line was just, you know, like, that's not even fair. He's going mm-hmm. to Fisher Price hoop. But like Kobe, you know, he, he said it himself, like, as, as far as Carmelo being one of his, you know, like, top tough guards uh just because he was just so physical it was just like win lose or draw he was gonna take his pound of flesh uh, uh that night and it was just gonna wear you mm-hmm. over and over and over mm-hmm. again um and he would just bang on you you know what i mean and, and mellow you know like to this day some of the my workout routine i'm you know i really do like a little mellow it's like this pivot you know uh, uh jab step pivot and the way that you can just get off and uh, get your shot off in so many different um angles just by you know it, it's not even the old man it's just the the fundamentals he's always been fundamentally sound and and then like cuz mellow's like jab step um like look this pay attention to his game it was it's like these little micro steps you mm-hmm. know that's why he was so efficient he didn't have to be the fastest you know he could just be the quickest first step one dribble and he and he would get to wherever he needed to go uh um, you know from the three-point line to the block it's like he doesn't need more than 
two dribbles uh, mm-hmm. to do anything he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? And that's including the the jab step, one dribble, then turn with the spin. You know, you know what I'm saying? And and then fade fade on him. And then he was just like he had that Allen Houston, Ray Allen, like the way his footwork was when he jumps and and the way that that gooseneck follows mm-hmm. uh, uh, uh you know what I mean and then you're landing always landing in the same spot like there was like never wasted energy in anything uh that he did and I always like admired that that's why I like incorporated some of that stuff into the stuff I even work out to this to this day you know what I'm saying just because yeah I do got the old man game now but it's just <laughs> you know what I mean like mm-hmm. that's that stuff is super efficient and that's how you just always Stay a step ahead of somebody uh, um, and get him off you, you know. And it's just always cool to see him transition that on to his to his son uh, Cayenne, because you know now he's doing his thing um, as a high school prep star. Um, and um, coming out, he still got like what, like two more years um, before mm-hmm. he gets out. Um, um, but he's already doing his thing um, and you know spurting up. <laughs> so however tall he's going to end up being, um, but yeah, just I think Mellows, he's. He's got it, um, you know, may not have ended this career the, exactly the way that he wanted to, but I, I'm so happy that he got that second chance because uh, uh, there was a spurt where it was just like, why isn't he even on anybody's roster? And then came back with the with the Trailblazers, you know, on that, did the double zero uh, uh, era and then came down and tried to win one with LeBron and the Lakers, that, that one. That one didn't work for a couple reasons. That wasn't his fault, though, uh, um, but – yeah, I would have loved to see Melo get that ring, but you know, but Olympic Melo, um, and he won the national championship and went one and done. He was ready to stay. Coach Behan said, you know, nah, what get you out of here. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta go. This is the peak. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you gotta go. So uh, you know, all those people um helped him make the right decisions. And um, yeah, I think fall first ballot, uh no question. Uh, is is on the way uh, um so line them up uh because again basketball hall of fame is college and pros um you know and he checks all the boxes on both sides uh um you know what i mean so uh definitely uh no brainer uh for the legacy of carmelo anthony and really quick shock before we close out i have to mention my mellow moment of course you talk about the ninth all-time nba score he has plenty but the fact when he came to dc and it was the game that he was one point away from 50 and i believe it was 08 and we double and trip i'm saying we mean it as a wizards fan we double and triple teamed him at that last minute so boy him getting 50 or 51 so he he's the, the game he ended with 49 and he, i think there's a moment where he walks off the court and one camera caught him, at least one of our low cameras that says alabama's and i just thought that was just so dc so dmv so baltimore but we literally triple teamed him to avoid him having another 50-point game under his belt. And that's what I remember um, from that. But yeah, Melo, thank you for what you brought to the game. Um, So much that you have done from a cultural significant standpoint that only true hoopers know about. You a hooper. Thank you, Carmelo. I'm looking forward to seeing you enshrined into the Basketball Hall of Fame. No question. There you go. Another legacy is cemented. Um, You know, we know what you're getting when it comes to uh, mellow. So stay mellow uh, um, and do what you do. Um, On to the next chapter, uh, producing, got the wines, got a whole bunch of stuff uh, 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 going on uh, with the documentaries and 
uh, uh, famous nobodies with the brand, uh, with the clothing. So, um, yeah, just keep evolving. Um, and, um, yeah. So for the podcast to cheer for, just gave some more clarity over popularity. Um, and, uh, gave some sneaker business talk in there too. Uh, um, so, uh, for the Soul Material Podcast, signing off is T Mark the Street Shark. And your man, the OGEO. Peace to you. Peace.